Hello and welcome back to the Maluli Asset Podcast. This is episode 421. I'm your host, Casey Maluli, joined by Tim this week. Tim, it feels like Christmas came early for us Met fans today. <laughs> it sure did. We woke up to news of Carlos Correa uh, jumping ship on the Giants and coming on board to the Mets. Pretty exciting. It's a, it's a good time to be a Mets fan. It's, uh, this it's, is fun. It definitely is. You can't win the World Series in December and January, but uh, looking forward to next year for sure. So today we're going to talk about some potential changes coming to retirement accounts. I know I did a video back in November when this bill, this legislation was still being kicked around by the House and the Senate. There were two different versions of the bill, but it sounds like the lawmakers on Capitol Hill have agreed to to at least a bill that is going to be voted on here in the last couple of weeks of 2022. So I just wanted to run through some of the proposed changes that could be coming through again, not finalized, but it looks like some version of this bill is going to come to pass in at the end of this year or in early 2023. Yeah, and I, some, so some of these changes are going to be you know, enacted in 2023, um, which is almost, like less than two weeks away yeah. at this point. It, before we dive into any of like the X's and O's of what the changes are, um, I know a lot of people like to work uh, with deadlines in mind, and it's like that really, um, you got to put your foot on the gas when the deadline's coming to get things done. But man, it just feels like a shame that it, it anytime some of these these things come to fruition it's like right at the last second it's going to happen next year so like there are implications for people that are going to have to process some of these changes starting in two weeks and they don't even know the specifics of it yet it's just like you guys couldn't have given us some more warning or like yeah finish this in like november or something it's like it's december 21st today and we're having changes that are going to come about in 2023. It's like, well, come, on, come on, guys. I believe it's it's part of a larger right. spending bill, yeah. and it's it's one of those situations where the government is going to quote-unquote shut down if right. they don't get it, so that is the motivating factor. But, yeah, nothing like a government work deadline to slow. kick things into high gear here. Yeah. So, so what, are, what, are, what are we working with here? What, what are we looking at? One of the big headline changes is... The starting age for RMDs would be increasing, so it's going to be again, again right? Going to be a, a twofold increase. So you have to start taking your RMDs at age seventy-two this year. With this proposed change starting next year, that age is increasing to seventy-three. Yeah, I mean that's that's what I was just alluding to. It's it's like. Ultimately, I guess it might not be too big of a deal for people, but there's there are people out there that this is going to impact their plans for 2023, whether in a in a good or a bad way. They could, you know, potentially get another year's worth of waiting mm-hmm. on their RMD. Um, some other people, it might, you know, cause them to take some money from from their accounts. It would have been nice to know, or or, or just to plan a little bit ahead if, if we could. But uh. you do have all year to take your RMDs, so it's mm-hmm. not like you have to take it on January first. You do have all year to figure that out, and definitely, if you need help with that, reach out to us. That's something that we we would be happy to help you with. Um, and then in 
10 years in 2033, the bill proposes that the age increases again to 75. Yeah. So same kind of thing. You've got way more time to to plan for that. But I guess this is partly due to the fact that people are living longer. It's interesting because, you know, it's, it's based off of uh, you know, life expectancy and how, mm-hmm. how long you're going to have to draw off of these for in retirement. As these ages get pushed further and further back, people could end up potentially having to take out more and more each year because the, the window of opportunity that they're drawing from is shorter. I mean, I saw we saw with COVID, the life expectancy for people all over the world actually started to shrink a little bit. Right. Uh, so... Yeah, it could, you know, if you have to take more money because you waited longer with the RMDs, like that could bump people into different tax brackets right. and that could change their tax plans. You know, one thing that I'll say is if if this does pass, the, obviously the, the next, next year um, there will be some changes. Planning like 10 years down the road, you know, it, it's nice to pass something here in 2022 and tw- or 23, um, but... We don't know if that's going to actually happen in, in, in 2033. Like, right. There could be a whole new uh, House and Senate president, you know, Congress in general, and they could be like, uh, no, we're not doing that. Yeah. So scrap that before it even happens. The immediate changes could definitely impact for next year. Mm-hmm. Um, it's interesting to see some of the some of the responses to some of these proposed changes, though. Some people are for it. Some people are against it. I, I don't really see too many negatives for people because if you know if you're over 59 and a half you can access the money if you need it Mm -hmm. but for the people that don't need the money uh just continues to let them stay invested and compound and not have to recognize that as income so seems like a positive for for those folks who don't necessarily need the money but they have to take it because it's required Mm -hmm. one of the things that we we also like to mention with required minimum distributions is you're required to take them from tax-deferred accounts like IRAs or, or 401ks, but you're not required to spend the money. Right. Basically, you, you can pay tax on it and then journal it to a regular brokerage account or you know let it sit in your savings account, and savings accounts are paying 3% now, so that's yeah. not nothing. You don't have to, to spend the money. A lot of majority of people will, because that's, that's kind of the point in retirement. You know, mm-hmm. you want to spend the money that you worked so hard to save and and earn throughout your lifetime but yeah some people can't can't spend enough money you know what i mean it's yeah. they they don't have enough things to spend money on so yeah you can definitely stash it at the bank or reinvest it back into a not tax deferred account mm-hmm. you've got options there and uh that was that was one of the the big things that i noticed from this this new bill one of the other things was that it looks like they're going to automatically enroll more participants in 401k and 403b plans. So the legislation is seeking to expand retirement plan participation by requiring newly created 401k or 403b plans to automatically enroll workers starting in 2025 at between 3 and 10% of pay. So the legislators are saying that this is a good thing because it will boost the overall savings rate by one percentage point a year until it hits between 10 and 15%. So I have, uh, I guess, a, a more nuanced take to this. 
But what are what are your thoughts? Maybe maybe we're we're thinking the same things here. Yeah, I think I think it's it's it has positives and negatives. I I think a negative like you you did a video like you alluded to before uh, about how hardship withdrawals from four hundred one k's are up, and it'd be interesting to see you know when the auto enrollment started to when those hardship withdrawals uh, started to spike because you know. The money, it, it's money that's coming out of your paycheck um, that you could be using on a month-to-month basis to pay your bills and make ends meet or, or you know, just not put in, a, in an account that has all of these restrictions to it. You could put that money in the bank and save it at, in, in an emergency fund or um, for future use. But when you put it inside of a 401k, you have all these rules. You're going to be penalized if you don't take if you if you touch it before 59 and a half, or for whatever reason, you know, you need to pull the money out. Yeah, I don't I don't know. I I understand what they're trying to do because in a perfect world, I think the best scenario would be not necessarily to automatically enroll everybody, but more to just uh, better educate them on you know, the benefits of putting money into a 401k and also just budgeting and managing your cash flow in general. But on a large scale basis, you know, on a country from a countrywide perspective, that's too much work. Uh, So the easy solution here is like, well, we'll just automatically enroll them in the 401k and force them to do it. Because, you know, who's to say, even if you were to take all the time and money and effort and manpower to try and educate everybody across the entire country. Like that's a huge undertaking and it's just not realistic. It's not going to happen. So you have to like kind of work with the best of the options that you have. So I I understand why, why they're doing it. You know, if you're not going to do it yourself, we're going to kind of force your hand a little bit. It Um, just seems a little bit like it's window dressing. Yeah. Right. It's, it's, it's their way of saying like, we're trying to do our part. If you want to, mess it up anyway then that's on you well i was gonna say it more just like dresses up the stats yeah like like the stats yeah more people are going to be contributing to the 401k which on paper seems like a a really good thing but in reality i think someone should choose whether or not ultimately to put i mean three ten percent between three and ten percent of your income it's not nothing yeah I don't know. That one is a little bit conflicted. I'm a little bit conflicted on that one. Yeah, it's tough to to know what the right answer is there. Um, yeah, it's, to- I, it's totally individual. I'm yeah. sure some people love it, and some people are going to be like, give me the 10% extra each month. Right, exactly. Um, so, yeah, it's it's tough to say. I, I understand where they're coming from, but who knows if, it, if it'll have the intended effect that they want it to. Yeah. Not sure. So one of the other things that they're talking about introducing is a sort of savings emergency account in these 401k plans. Yeah. Um, So this is, it's kind of along the same lines where there have been studies done that people don't even have $400 saved for an emergency. And Congress is, is trying to find a solution to that. One of the things that they're proposing is that they are they want to allow people to save in their 401k accounts but have it be in a Roth type account yeah and it can be up to $2500 so the Roth money goes in after tax so it can be pulled out penalty free there's not all those stipulations in there it seems like they because i do think that this is a is a, a relatively good thing that they're proposing 
but it seems like they're trying to solve a problem that they created themselves because, well, if more and more people need to take money from their 401ks, well, why is that? Because they're being auto-enrolled into the accounts and money that should have been in their paycheck to begin with went into the 401k when it probably shouldn't have been in the 401k to begin with. So we need a way for them to get the money out of the 401k. Yeah. When in reality, it would be a whole lot easier if the money just didn't go into the 401k in general. Um, the good side of it is that this money that's in the 401k that you are able to tap into is also able to be invested and grow. So I think from that perspective, it is it is a nice uh, feature to add to an account like that because it, it works just like a Roth IRA or uh, you know or any quarter, any type of Roth contribution. You can take your contributions out without all the penalties and hassles but the money can grow while it's invested. Yeah, it also sounds like it would allow uh, employees to take advantage of potential employer matches. Right. So if you're contributing, that's a, that's a great thing. Yeah. If you're contributing to the Roth account, it still sounds like that will count towards the um, employer match, but, but the employer match would go into the 401k side of the plan. Right. So you couldn't pull that money out, but you could take your contributions back out but it, it allows you to get the employer match, which is something that we think everyone, well, don't want to speak in absolutes, but you should take yeah. advantage of that if, if you can. Yeah. Um, Unless and, there are extenuating circumstances there, like it's a best practice, I guess, across the board would yeah. be at least, you know, try your best to get up to the, the company match to take advantage of that free money in air quotes. Yep. And just to kind of play devil's advocate to your point, because that's what I do here, um, and to, to take back up the legislators down in Washington, I think that automatically deducting things from paychecks is, it kind of takes the human element out of it where you're deciding whether or not to save the money or spend it on something. So if it's coming out, if it's coming out of your paycheck pre-tax automatically going into a 401k account, I think that that could help a lot of people save money. Yeah, no, I definitely agree. And going back to the, the first point about auto-enrollment, um, that perfect world that I suggested, that's not, that's not real life. That's not, I know that that's not going to happen. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, forcing people to save money, ultimately, if you had to paint it bad or good, uh, it's, it's more good than bad. Um, in, in, a, in that perfect world, everyone would have the most tip-top perfect knowledge of personal finance and how to manage your cash flow and, and uh, you know, where to allocate your dollars so that you can be properly equipped for emergencies and save for the future and all that, all that stuff. But I guess in that perfect world, if, if that happened, we wouldn't have much to talk about with people. So that's, that's a good point. Thankful. Yeah, I guess. So just two other quick points to make um, about these new proposed changes Catch-up contributions would be changing for people um, over the age of 60. So just to recap, if you're over the age of 50 right now and still working and still contributing to a retirement account, you can contribute an extra $7,500 a year to those accounts. Mm -hmm. With the new bill, the change would be that from people from the age of 60 to 63, starting in 2025, would be able to to contribute $11,250. So 
So a little less than $4,000 extra dollars could be put in to those retirement accounts. 60 to 63, usually right on the cusp of retirement, usually highest earning years. Probably. So that could be, um, you know, help people pad their retirement accounts right before they decide to stop working. Yeah. As it gets closer and closer, the retirement is going to be at the top of your mind. So you're going to want to make sure you're as ready as possible. So people do tend to try and stuff as much money as they can away in those last few years. So ultimately, I feel like that's that's probably a good thing. It'll let them put even more money away for retirement. So uh, yeah, that's a good thing. Agreed. And lastly here, the bill proposes that people can roll up to $35,000 from a 529 account, so a college savings account, into a Roth IRA. There are some stipulations. The account, meaning the 529 account, would have to be open for at least 15 years, and it would be subject to Roth contribution limits. But that seems like a a win for 529 accounts and, and people that are putting money into five, 529 accounts, it kind of increases the flexibility there. Yeah. Over the years, um, they've been allowing more and more uses for $529. And one of the main pushbacks we even still hear from people uh, is what happens if they don't go to any sort of school or we don't use it for anybody. So now this even solves that problem to a certain extent. So yeah, I think that that that's an interesting wrinkle that gets added to the 529 repertoire and only strengthens its case if you want to use that as a savings vehicle for college. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. So that's all the highlights from this new retirement plan bill. You know, we'll obviously keep you posted once these things become finalized. If they become finalized, I'm sure we'll have another session kind of walking through everything um, and, and the impact on that. We'll know in the next 10 days. (laughs) Yeah. So before we wrap up here, Tim, I wanted to, we're at the end of the year here. 2022 has been not an unprecedented year, but a pretty interesting year for market participants and investors alike. So just quickly, what are or what were some of the best and worst things that you saw in the market, personal finance, um, best and worst things that you saw in 2022? I think one of one of the, the best things that people did is more decisions that people decided not to do certain things. You know, we even going back to last year with the meme stocks and We've seen cryptocurrency really rise in popularity over the last few years. I think not buying into certain areas of that market has definitely helped people. Uh, This year, we've seen kind of the catastrophe that has unfolded with FTX and a few of the other platforms imploding and coins, Luna and, and things like that just kind of disappearing overnight. Um, not getting involved in something that you don't really understand is is probably one of the better choices that people have made along the same lines. You know, it might not feel like it right now. And when you look at your statements for the 12 months that happened over 2022, you know, you, you'll probably see some, some negative numbers there. But I think for the people that didn't decide to completely jump ship and, and run to safety, 
your your future selves will thank you down the road. So I feel like that was uh, another good decision uh, or or not decision that that people made. What about you? I asked the questions here. I wasn't expecting <laughs> uh, you to, to, to ask me that question. Uh, let's see. What do I got? I think people that invested or continue to invest throughout 2022, people our age still in, in their working years, especially people just getting started saving for retirement. I think if you decided to up your contributions or even invest a lump sum amount of money this year, I know we've been saying it all year, but I think that you are going to reap the benefits of that over the long term. I think in the, you know, two, three, four years previous to this year, everyone was waiting for an opportunity like this to invest their money. That's not to say that it's going to snap back immediately um, next year in 2023, but you bought shares of companies at lower prices. And I think that that is kind of what it's all about Yeah. Um, when it comes to investing. Another good thing is another or another good thing that I saw this year was people having enough in savings and yeah. people putting their short-term needs in short-term vehicles like savings accounts or short-term bonds, things that aren't affected by the market. I think that that has free people up to let their long-term dollars be long-term dollars and not freak out because the market has been down this year. Yeah, I think overall this year is, is kind of a reality check for a lot of people. Um, we've seen the market, you know, even if it did go down in years past, it kind of snapped back pretty quick. This was more of a long slog of a year. And for people nearing retirement, one of the fears that a lot of people have is what happens if I retire and something like this happens or what happens if I'm retired, not earning any more money, adding money to my accounts and a year like this happens. Um, for a lot of people, a reality check is, is a good thing because some people realized that, uh, you know, you actually had to sit down and look at the numbers and be like, okay, maybe, maybe now it's not the right time. Or for other people, they looked at their numbers and now they can relax a little bit knowing that like, you know, down years in the market are baked into the plans that we make for people here. So, you know, one bad year in the market isn't going to completely blow up your retirement. Um, and you're really only going to know that by living through it uh, as much as it is uncomfortable in the day to day. I think in a, in a good way, if you're going to pull like a small silver lining from a year where the market didn't do too well, um, it, it helps kind of give you that perspective that things will be okay. 2022 was the year we learned that line don't just go up. Right. <laughs> yeah. So I think that is going to do it here for episode 421 of the Maluli Asset Podcast. Tim, thanks for joining me. It was good to have you on, and we'll be back with you for episode 422. Tom Maluli is an investment advisor representative with Maluli Asset Management. All opinions expressed by Tom and his podcast guests are solely their own opinions and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of Maluli Asset Management. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon as a basis for investment decisions. Clients of Maluli Asset Management may maintain positions and securities discussed in this podcast.